BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, Redheads. Welcome to the first episode of the Redheads Book Club. Wow, I'm so excited to be here. This has been a few weeks in the making. That's the longest I've ever waited to do something. And I'm here with two of my best friends, Dana and Rebecca, a.k.a. Becky, a.k.a. Bex, and, of course, my favorite counselor, Counselor Snitch. I think we have a great crew going for this book club. What up, percent. What's up, everyone? Snitch is the Snatchler, so you are you know who she is. Do I need to introduce myself? Um, Allow me to introduce myself. Do you have something that you want to say no. to maybe some new listeners? Yeah, and maybe talk about my journey to reading. Hi, guys. I'm The Snitch. My name is actually Margo, but you'll never hear that name. I am a big um, young adult reader. So YA, basically, we call it in the book all the world. books that everyone else is going to be choosing won't be up my alley, <laughs> but it's fine. I'm still here. I love to read. I actually got. Um, my sister Jackie into reading and now she all of a sudden created a podcast and you know just like decided that this was her thing when this has been my thing but you know it's fine it's fine so that's a little bit about snitch if you guys want to follow me I'm at Margosh and I have a podcast called The Snatchler so yep that's me we're so happy to have you here to have your perspective I think the thing that makes a book club great is having a lot of different personalities with people who feel different ways about each book so every four months you're going to be able to pick a book and we're going to be reading yeah you you guys are like this is trash are you okay (laughs) Margot It's about 12-year-olds falling in love. (laughs) Right. Right. I love that we're talking about reading like it's this new found adventure, <laughs> like this new frontier that we haven't yet discovered. That's literally me. It's like read one book. We should start a book club. I got Jackie so into reading. Right. Also, we did start a book club with some of our college friends, and it was so much fun. So now we're still a part of that book club. That's our dinner book club. But this is our book club podcast. And I mean, I read probably when I'm in a good rhythm a book every two days. So I could do literally this podcast every week, but I won't do that to everyone else. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Do you know what you did to me? <laughs> All of us. Snitch would eat me alive. Like race to the death. <laughs> I have seven more pages and starts in one minute. Even the redheads. Oh, by the way, I hope you guys like your fan name, the redheads. They were like, wait, are we supposed to finish this book in four days? I was like, yeah. And then you like, no. And then what are you going to do after like, that? And if it's a bad book, we can just start a new one the night before and finish it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not possible. <laughs> We have plenty of time to read four if we hate the first three. <laughs> also, I, I didn't even know how long this book was. It's 500 pages. Okay. Really? Okay. I, sure I is. figured because... I don't know how long anything is with Kindle. Me neither. But I usually can read a book in a day like I always do. But you did happen to choose to do this <laughs> on like the busiest week of my life. So yeah. nothing was coinciding. But it really was taking so long to get through. And I'm a fast reader. I was like, what the fuck? So that makes me feel better that it was 500 pages. I was constantly 30% my way through the book. <laughs> okay, and I was, I was like, 33. And that's such a dismal place to be like yeah. you're not so yet true. at 50 percent but you're like not even that close to 50 percent like, no. 
it's it was hard and 30 percent in this book was a rough place to be because like you still didn't care we're gonna talk about all of our thoughts on the book but i want you guys to introduce yourselves that that soothing sound you've been hearing that's rebecca yeah by the way what your voice is amazing you're actually the only person here who's never done a podcast before because dana once came on the patreon but you know what i think you're i think you're a diamond in the rough. Me too. I'm so happy to hear this. And I'm actually very relieved about the sound of my voice because, you know, it's been a minute since I heard myself. And apologies in advance if you're not down, but hopefully you are. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. Thanks, Jax. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> My name's Rebecca Rittenberg, and as Jackie mentioned, like there are a few ways that I am referred, just here and also in life. Um, so my longtime nickname is Rit, R-I-T-T, and you can also call me Becky. I mean, only if we really like each other. <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty much everyone in the world calls you Rit, except for me. Yeah. I've just never been one of those people who calls people by their last names. Like, I find it deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, you, you're really not that, that sort. Um, <laughs> you're nothing of the sort. Um, Oh, Rebecca is also longtime toaster, first time hoster. <laughs> that is so true. So um, I'm really happy to be here. Um, I'm literally the toast number one fan, so it's actually very convenient that we're best friends, Jax, because like I'd be here anyway. Yeah, and it's convenient <laughs> that you listen to the toast, so I don't have to update you on like every mundane thing in my life because you've already heard about it. I know. I wonder if people are gonna like pick up on mannerisms that like I feel like I speak the same as you, just because friendship and also toast dumb have you been saying nothing of the sort left right and center a thousand percent it's everything of the sort thousand percent (laughs) um so as i mentioned um i'm really happy to be here um in terms of hobbies they basically include loitering around until i'm asked to join a podcast so that i can tell people i have hobbies (laughs) this is like the hobby of all hobbies yeah like first it's reading then it's book clubbing, and then it's podcasting. We're a triple threat, you guys. You guys, I've been going around to everyone. I'm like, mm, have you heard that I'm starting a podcast? <laughs> and they're like, what? And I was like, no, more to come. <laughs> more to come. How do your friends and family feel about you being on a podcast? I mean, they're thrilled. I've been pimping it out. Like, it's <laughs> like this business venture that like is about to fall through the cracks if we don't like all attack it soon so i mean i feel like it's like a firstborn child i'm everyone's pumped i think there'll be loyal subscribers five-star reviewers it's gonna be good love it love your dedication to the pod thank you dana so unlike Ritz, very soothing ocean voice, I sound like a creepy man. <laughs> you really do. I really just a terrible voice for podcasting. But I'm so excited about this book club because I love reading and I'm finally getting some credit for it. Dana's really the OG reader. That's fair. I'll give English it to her. major, mm-hmm. photographic mm-hmm. memory. I'm going to call you out because I think it's so cool. Could you recite this book by heart? <laughs> Can, do you actually have photographic like, memory? Not in the real sense, but I remember everything, and it's okay. a real blessing and a curse because if you've ever wronged me. Ever. Like, I will never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> and every time I talk to you, I'll think about it in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. That's what makes you so scary. Oh, totally. Because you'll <laughs> still be nice to us, even though you're thinking about it. Even though you remember stuff. Yeah. Everything. You can see it so clearly. But besides remembering every time I've been wronged, my hobbies also include... <laughs> Uh, reciting 50 digits of pi. I'll tell anyone who asks that I have memorized pi. We'll have you do that for the March episode. Yeah, definitely. That'll be exciting for the redheads. March 14th. Um, I also memorize the song lyrics to every song. Like, That's true. Really just to sound cool when it comes on and I can just rap it and no one thinks it's cool except for me. It's really Everyone's co- like, calm down. It's yeah. a coping <laughs> mechanism for you because you can't dance. Yeah, that too. I was just going to say so that. It is a coping mechanism. you need to know the lyrics so that you can act them out. Yes. You're like, I heart you. 
I put my hands up singing my song. Like, it, it all has yeah. to go into it's the activity. It's a giant distraction. Like, we're like, wow, Dina knows every word. And in her head, she's like, no, you just don't notice that I can't dance. <laughs> yes, yeah, that exactly. really is it. Exactly. Um, and other than that, I'm just really obsessed with Amy Schumer, and that's what I spend most of my time doing, watching videos of her. Yeah, and sending them around and yeah. making sure everyone has seen them. I think that's pretty respectable of a hobby. Yeah, those three. Cool. Well, I want to get to know some of your guys' book tastes because we all really have different tastes. So I want to know your favorite genre of books, what we can expect you to choose when it is your time of the month, and what is your favorite book. Now, I'll go first because I'm already talking. And How dare you? Is that okay? That's definitely okay. We are the redheads. I'm just curious what your favorite book is. Oh, Oh, my favorite book are the Confessions of a Shopaholic series. Every single one of them is better than the next. I just read Christmas Shopaholic, and I was just laughing and laughing. And that's kind of the reason why I call you Becky, I think, because the main character is Becky Bloomwood, and that's why I just, like, love the name Becky. And I really do think that's why I call you that. Oh, my gosh. It's such a fun fact. Such a fun fact. This is the benefit of podcasting. We're learning so much about each other. You really do learn so much about people. Because you just have to talk and talk and talk until you are out of things to say honestly it's like about time that we have a podcast because we talk and talk and talk and i'm like someone should hear this it's good material (laughs) i feel like that's how everyone feels so it's like how back in the day we used to say like we should have a reality show (laughs) fuck you're right (laughs) like it's not actually gonna be good (laughs) and no one cares (laughs) and then my favorite genre of books are like rom-com funny romantic books so um i love sophie kinsella she's my favorite author she writes confessions of a shopaholic snitch made me read this book one day in december yeah that i really like was that sophie kinsella no that's josie silver okay um but i love that genre of just like happy love stories with like a little bit of you know tension but ultimately a happy ending every book that i read is based in london (laughs) fun fact about me snitch well, my favorite genre is young adult. Um, I like like romance novels, maybe because I'm lacking romance, so I like to read them. Snitch, <laughs> you'll get there. Yeah, one day, maybe. And then my favorite book is Endless Love by Scott Spencer, which is also a movie, but vastly different. The book is vastly different. I would, I would say that they are basically two different plots. So that's probably my favorite book. Um, my favorite author is Colleen Hoover because I'm a basic fucking bitch <laughs> and all of her books are just fantastic. And yeah, that's just a bit about me. I love, you know, just I'm a sucker for a romance. Okay. Good to hear. Who would have thought? Everyone. <laughs> Beth? Well, I didn't know that we were coming equipped with authors, so <laughs> thanks for that heads up. However... In terms of my favorite genre, I would have to say, like, historical fiction I really enjoy. Oh, God. I know. <laughs> Please don't make me read historical Grady fiction. Loin snitch. <laughs> like, anything about World War II. Oh, my God. <laughs> but as long as it's not real. <laughs> okay. Um, historical nonfiction. So, in that vein, I would say The Nightingale is such a phenomenal book. Like, it's such an amazing read. By Kristen Hanna? Yes. I've heard about it. But oh then God. I saw that it was about, like, World War Two, and yeah. I didn't want to read it. No oh, my God. Good. It is so freaking good. Okay. Good to know. Um... That's a really good one, yeah. And then I would say another amazing book is I Am Pilgrim, which you might already know about, those listeners who are loyal as fuck, because I convinced Jackie to read it under this like false pretense. I was like, it's my favorite book. You have to read it. You'll love it. It's well, different than what you normally read. There was no false pretense. That's exa- What you just said yeah. is the truth. That's your favorite book. It's different from what I normally read. And once I started like reading a lot when I got a Kindle, I was like, wow, this is my favorite book. And it says so much about me. I, if you're telling me that's your favorite book, I want to know what your favorite book is. It told me so much about you like oh this is smart bitch did you like it loved it loved it 
It's incredible. It's this thriller about a serial killer who becomes entangled in a terrorist conspiracy. <laughs> it was really <laughs> crazy. Okay. So, like, if that tells you something about me, I'm really happy to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to when you do choose the book. Oh, you're choosing the book this month? No, and I think it's going to be a hit. It's, oh. it's very different from an I Am Pilgrim, but honestly, I Am Pilgrim, it's like this incredible thriller. If any, if we're ever talking about a book, that's what I recommend. It's a thick read, you know? It's like, you're going to get in the in the thick of it, but uh, it It'll pay off. Tenfold. Is it one of those like books that like gives you a stomach ache? Do you know what I mean? It's one of those. It's books one of those books you can't put down. Oh. Yeah. yeah, you'll stay up till four in the morning reading it. Like, yeah, you I will do not that. Go to sleep. You read it. Well, Dana, yeah. you've also read everything in in the world. So I'm curious to know, out of everything that you've ever read, what is your favorite book? My favorite book ever is A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara, where I don't know what that says about me because it is like the darkest, sickest book that you'll ever read. It says I had like everything about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like really not okay. But I love, love, love that book. My favorite author is Jeffrey Eugenides. We should put like a, a is it a trigger warning about yeah. what it is when it yeah. comes to a little, little life? No, that, a little life that is book scary. is dark. Yeah. Really? Yes, it's dark. But should I read it like in in the off season? In, in the, the off, off season. season. Okay. Wow, you guys harmonized. <laughs> They're getting so season. good. Sweet. And what's your favorite genre? Just sad, dark, psychological, realistic fiction. Wow, I can't wait for well, a month where you choose the book. Like, that's just going to be such an uplifting episode. It's going to be a really sad month. We should put Dana in the middle of, like, summer so we can, like, counteract the darkness with the sunshine. Yeah, that's true. Okay, we'll get we'll we'll do that. Well, we need to start talking about the book, but I also think that the really fun thing about book clubs is that people just use them as a way to like get together, but not even read the book. Sometimes I I hope we all intend to read the book every month, but it is nice just to catch up with my girlfriends and my sister. Right, it's so rare. It's I never so see you. rare. <laughs> okay, well now that we know who everyone is, I think it's time to just get into this book. I was the one who chose it. This was my choice because it was next on my reading list because a lot of toasters had suggested it to me, and I had recently read. What Alice Forgot, which I thought would have been a great book club book also because it poses some interesting questions. The book, The Husband's Secret, is by Leanne Moriarty, who also did Big Little Lies. So I just felt like I could trust what she had next. And if anything, I trusted too much because it was literally Big Little Lies plus What Alice Forgot yeah. to oh, a really? It was literally, yeah. yeah. The like, same thing. The um the way she tells stories was very similar to Big Little Lies, and then the the characters and the location and just the writing was so similar to what Alice forgot for me. I agree. Has anyone here read Big Little Lies? No. Yes. I haven't read it, oh, and of I have not. Has. Of course, Dana has. <laughs> Did you watch the show? I didn't watch the show. Wow. I know. Of course you didn't. I actually liked What Alice Forgot Better. I wish they made a show of that. I go, that's like kind of a harder one, though, because it's not a series type of book. Yeah. But like, that was a better one, in my opinion. Yeah, I really liked that one. So for this book, I overall, I liked it. And I feel like anytime I finish reading a book, I'm like, well, yeah, I liked it. I read the whole thing, and I can talk about it now. <laughs> right. Speaking right. of, that's why this this podcast book club is so incredible because when you finish a book you feel so accomplished and you're like I just want to tell the world that I finished a book (laughs) and I sort of want to talk about it for sure but like I want to let them know that I finished it so like imagine all of us finishing a book and actually being able to talk about it it's genius you guys yeah Yeah. and like everyone will know that we read at least one book a month 100% that's 12 books a year that's, That's a lot. A lot. And my New Year's resolution was to read more because I have found, since I got a Kindle, I've been reading, and it's really helped with my mental health and my migraines and just anxiety and falling asleep. And if you're just listening to this book club because you like the Morning Toast podcast, like, I know it seems so overwhelming to like get a Kindle or buy a book, but it's a game changer. 
Could not agree more. Jackie, you watch a lot of TV. Like, how do you prioritize? Um, I prioritize what I have to watch for the toast and what I have to recap the next day. Um, but any chance, I try to just watch what I, the, need, the, the things that I need to watch and then read before bed. Because watching TV before bed, I feel like I can't turn off. Yeah. Did anybody else, this is a new thing that's been happening to me, like, constantly fall asleep while reading this book? <laughs> yeah, of course. No, I would wake up with a deadline. I would wake up with my glasses still on and my Kindle, like, on my face. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's never yeah. happened to me. Well, I feel like what was nice is that we're picking, like, the Bravo equivalent of novels. Yes. So it's, like, reality TV, but, like, for your eyes. Yes. So overall, what was your vibe from the book? We're going to get into themes and, you know deep moral questions but overall i liked the book it was very hard to get into i didn't like how it switched perspectives because every time i started to care about someone it switched and then i had to care about someone again it felt like i was reading a new book over and over again and at 30 percent, i still wasn't even into it probably not until like 40 50 percent i totally agree that part was tough because right when you got into it you switched however there was an effect that was achieved with that where like your energy as a reader almost matched the characters because you felt the same like anxiety and apprehension that they did by constantly having to switch perspectives. So it kind of like gave you a lens into how they were feeling, which I didn't like. Like I would have preferred it to not be that way, but it was an interesting device. Yeah, I feel like you were really irritated by it. I didn't mind it so much, like the jumping from character to character. It kept me interested. Like I actually didn't have a hard time getting into the book at all, which is why I feel like it's a great book club choice. And... It just kept me, like, invested. I was like, okay, like, I got to get through Tess's section before I get to better understand, like, what the hell is happening with Cecilia. I actually, like, hated it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hate the book, per se. Like, it definitely wasn't my favorite. But I couldn't stand the way that it was written. Like, I hated that. Like, the second I started to care, it changed. And then I was like, oh, like, I have to deal with Rachel right now? Like, I'm just not in the mood. Because, like, just give me a little bit more. Just They would literally stop, like, mid-sentence. And it's just like, this doesn't seem like the right way to write a novel. Mm -hmm. Um, You tell her, Smith. (laughs) Yeah, Leanne, I've got a bone to pick. But, yeah, I I wouldn't really say this book was that good. Well, even when they did resolve it, like, you spend the first half waiting and waiting for her to read the letter. And then she reads the letter, and then you spend the second half waiting and waiting to see if she's going to turn him in or what they're going to do. What yeah. do you mean? Just, nothing happened in the book until the epilogue. <laughs> That's also true. I also that was the best part I don't of the like book. in a book where we have to read and read and read to find out things that happened in the past. When it's like the characters already know what happened. So, like, share with us, and then let's go on a journey together. Don't, like, hold out all this information from us just for, like your literary purposes right and like maybe it's because i'm stupid but like i could not keep up like first we were in the berlin wall it was in like 1940s whenever that was and then (laughs) not the 1940s (laughs) and then it's just like i just couldn't keep up and do you know how long it took me to real like figure out who like cecilia was and just like place names here's the problem with the book the name rachel is not a grandma's name yes (laughs) here's the thing about the book All the names were like a little too generic. I like completely I was agree. Blending them together Tess, in my Felic- head. Tess's Felicity and Felicity's yes. Tess. Yes. It was just like they were all sort of quirky enough to like not be like John. Uh, I mean, but there was a John Paul. <laughs> John Paul Jones. Were you thinking of that the whole time? Oh my we were god! Oh, about no, no oh Jean my Paul. god! Jean Paul. Where did that come from? Yeah. No. Oh, he's French. Yeah. <laughs> I was the Patrick. Like, John Paul. Like. No, you're so right. That's an epic point that none of the names fit the characters. Rachel's yeah, so not like, a grandma. I was like, who am I talking about? I couldn't, when I was picturing Rachel, I couldn't see a grandma. Also, I have a really in- weird question for you guys. I feel like you're going to say what I'm thinking. Wait, what? Is what? it about Esther? No. The, okay. You said something like, <laughs> the daughter. 
I got a boat to pick. How old was she? <laughs> I need to know. Because she was like the Berlin Wall and the way she would like speak. It's like, is, is this her teenage daughter? Every time I read when it was a Cecilia and Esther conversation, I thought Esther was Cecilia and Cecilia was Esther. Because like, the kid was talking like an adult. Yes. I just I had to reread those parts so many times to realize who was talking. Oh, that's interesting. That's not what I was going to say. I found it weird. Whenever you read a book and you imagine a house... Like, I realized I was imagining, like, a random house from my childhood that wasn't mine. Like, everyone was living in this. What house do you imagine in your head? Is that a weird thing? I mean, thing? I can't say it out loud because, like, no. sh- she could be here listening. No, but, like, okay, but I was a thousand percent picturing Rachel's house from Wait, growing up. Rachel. Not, it happens to just be the same name, but, like. Oh, a person that you yes. know. Like, a weird house. Not the house that you grew up no. in. Like, a house down the street. A little creakier. Yeah. What house do you picture? I don't picture a house that I've ever been in. Like, I actually picture. You build a new house? I build a new house. What about you? I realize in every book that I read, I put these people in the same house, and it's so random. I have this weird thing. I don't really have, like, an imagery association when I read. Like, I'm not building the characters. I don't know what they look like in my head. I'm, like, not fixated on what the house looks like. Yeah, you're just soon going to learn that Dana's a serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) Everything concludes. No, I just, like, if you ask me how to describe what Rachel looks like, I don't even have, like, an image ready i do i do it just popped in oh okay we'll get there seen her in my dreams (laughs) in one of our redhead segments coming up later on where we cast the movie of the book right but casting is different than what i'm imagining do you know what i mean because that person doesn't exist no for rachel i did have like a faceless grandma sweet lady me too you know i had kind of like a mean old lady no. Well, yeah, that was the thing. It was like she's she was so super sweet. sweet and she's been through so much, but she was really rude to her daughter-in-law, yeah. who seemed like a perfect daughter-in-law. What could she be doing better? And she loved the macarons. Yeah, that whole the dynamic macarons. was really confusing. I didn't understand like what the issue was. I, I can't imagine like what the daughter-in-law says about the mother-in-law behind her back, you know? Right. Which is so sad because she was so eager to please every time Rachel gave her an inch. She like ran and took a mile. Yeah, I think in the <laughs> end they all, you know, they ended in a good place. That's what it seemed. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get to our, we'll get to the end. I want to mm-hmm. talk about some themes in the book that Dana had mentioned. She did a very deep analysis um, of some of these themes. So, first of all, in the beginning, they're all watching The Biggest Loser, which is an interesting choice for a show to connect them all. They kept bringing it back. What is the meaning of this? I don't know. Maybe it's about loss. That's Everyone, what Dana thinks. Everyone's lost something, and this is just representative of that of that. Like the weight that people are losing, or like the. Um, I don't know. The, <laughs> well, deaths. Yeah. the deaths, but yeah. also Cecilia losing like her loyalty to her husband or like the innocence that she had. Wow, that's literally what Dana wrote in her notes. <laughs> I had Dana seen sent me this like whole outline, like college level, and it made me realize like something that I learned in college once, which is that I'm not an analytical thinker. I'm very surface. And maybe that's why you can't imagine the characters or where they live because you're anti surface. Like you're only just seeing it. As like a massive maybe, but I don't think you give yourself stuff. enough credit. I actually do think you're pretty analytical. Thanks. Like maybe not in a reading level, but like in life, you analyze things very oh. well, and it's the same skill set. What Thank about you. me? <laughs> and you too, Rick. <laughs> I'm definitely not analytical. Thanks. Like reading comprehension, I sucked at that. Okay, well, Snitch. question for don't you. Don't be so hard on yourself. In thinking about this book and and the biggest losses, who do you think lost the most? Rachel with her daughter. Tess with her husband, Cecilia with her innocence, Rachel with her daughter. No Rachel, question. Okay, just let you know. that's a question that Dana put on her thing. Like, well, okay, I was focused on like weight, as you mentioned. Snitch is a huge theme. Literally, Felicity lost a thousand pounds. Oh, right, that too. So that's like a literal level weight, which we can relate to the Biggest Loser. But then everyone was losing weight in some way, like when. 
what's the husband's name? Will. John Paul Jones. Oh. <laughs> when he told the secret, he was a huge weight off of his shoulders. Like oh. everyone in some way was unloading. Yeah, but then it became a weight on Celia's shoulders. Right. So the na- weight never really went away. Which is shifted. <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Before you read the letter, what did you think the secret was? I thought that he had, was abusing Isabel. Okay. Me too. No, that was annoying because I did too. And then she vocalized it. So I knew that's what it couldn't be. Yeah. That's true. But then obviously they left it on the click- cliffhanger of the that chapter when she started the the letter and she's he's like to Isabel and I'm like I know is this an apology for but, the abuse oh but she said like oh my god is my husband a pedophile who's been abusing my daughter and goes on this whole right. train I'm like well obviously he's not because you wouldn't like clue the reader it's always into that the thing yeah. you don't expect I thought I thought it still had something to do with Isabel because like that was made such a big point but I thought it was maybe going to be that Isabel like wasn't their real like legitimate daughter oh wait I'm oh, sorry oh, I actually knew I forgot I I told you this you yeah I guess that John Paul killed Janie because it was the same writer from Big Little Lies so same theme and I remember I texted my roommate who had read it I was like I was like John Paul totally killed Janie and then she just didn't answer me and then later that night I read it and he did and so I texted her I was like I'm a genius <laughs> so impressive. I fully guessed it I have it a question. never crossed my mind would you same. guys have opened the letter I don't know. I honestly don't think so. Oh I don't God. think so either. What? I would open I it in one second. I don't understand. And I wouldn't tell anybody. I don't like, understand what, what took her so long. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, open it. It's not too late days. No. Dana, like, that's so you. You would, like, <laughs> yeah. open it and then just be, like, miserable for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess the, then that keep begs it the to question myself. of would you rather not know? A hundred percent. Like and that's, ignorance is bliss, and baby. That's another like, ride theme. that out until the sunset. <laughs> that's another theme is this Pandora's box thing. Like once you open the box, you can never fucking close it. And I just I love a closed box. Right, but what about like I would always go to sleep with the question of like what the fuck mm-hmm. is in that letter I need to know. Oh, I would, I would just forget after myself, one week. No, you oh, wouldn't. No, I would. I would say to myself, Oh, it's like he says that he loves me and, and here's where, you know, he keeps his files and just like some need to know things, like maybe some bank account information. I believe just, you okay. do really okay. wouldn't okay. Open and it. Also, I really feel like it's not my business. It's like if your husband or your significant other had a diary and you found it, would you read it? But the diary is addressed to you. Uh, but it's not. No. It's not addressed to you in this current moment. Okay, let me beg the question. Then. I would read it after she, the person passes away. She I would. had decided not to read it. But then when she heard him rummaging upstairs, clearly trying to find it and get rid of it, you're not going to then go run and read it like she did? Ooh, That's a good this point. This makes an interesting point. Yeah. That was actually you're like, what's he hiding? Yeah, I guess she wasn't going to read it until he acted so guilty. Mm-hmm. I would have just assumed it was something benign. And if it was something so crazy, like, I wouldn't want to know because now, like, she's in this impossible mm-hmm. position. A hundred percent. Like, once she read it, I was like, don't you wish you could have undone undid that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Sucks. So then if you had read it and you uncovered his big secret, what would you have done next? Would you have told Rachel uh, her whole inner struggle like I completely understood and mm-hmm. obviously you don't want to blow up your life but then you're living with a murderer yeah. no I would have never told Rachel I would have lived with a murderer and I would have gone on my merry fucking you would have, but would you think you would have been able to deal with the guilt that comes with that a hundred percent are you okay <laughs> I don't know I just like watched her life literally dissolve in front of our eyes like, mm-hmm. and she she put her like she was making it happen like she could have just been like okay you did this like and it also begs an interesting question like john paul accidentally murdered someone when he was 17 years old like does that make him a murderer like is he it turns out in the epilogue it was an accident because she had a rare condition and if he had choked any other girl who didn't have that condition she wouldn't have died so quickly right but he did strangle her (laughs) 
Yes. No, no. It's not good. <laughs> so we're not how, condoning how, how do you accidentally one How do you accidentally strangle someone? You um you don't accidentally strangle someone, but you accidentally kill them with your strangulation when they have a rare condition. But what yeah. what uh, what else are you trying to accomplish when you're strangling someone? No, like, he, he wasn't was... trying to accomplish something good. Yeah, like, but he wasn't trying I to just... kill her. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's just how I felt. I was like I really don't associate with him like inherently being a killer. Like I don't think that he had that he had this like malicious intention that he was like I'm going to get this bitch. Like it was like a, a moment I of agree. passion and frustration and it went too far some would argue <laughs> so one might say <laughs> one might say so i was like okay celia now that you cecilia now that you, i always think her name oh is my celia, god by the way. i thought it was celia too like when i'm reading it i don't have time for the extra yeah, syllable no, me neither i'm with you um so i was like cecilia like you can you can come to terms with that he's not an actual murderer you don't feel unsafe with him you've never felt unsafe with him your entire existence of being married so Let's move on. I also love. But what about Rachel? She's lived this long thinking <laughs> Connor Whitby. Justice she can for continue. Connor. Justice for like, Connor. He got screwed Whitby. every which yep. way in this book, and he seems like he seems like a really great guy. I actually really did ship him and Tess at the end. Me yeah. too. Never been happier she was. We need to talk about Tess. We, we haven't talk- talked about Tess yet, and this is the next theme in the in the book, which is cheating. And the husband's secret is the title of the book, and you assume it's about John Paul's big ass fucking secret. Yeah. But Will has a secret as well, which is that he's fi- falling in love with cousins' dress. How yes. funny was it when she was like, "When did you start falling in love with her?" He's like, "Oh, about six months ago." She goes, "Oh, when she was skinny." <laughs> it's funny how you didn't look at her when she was fat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was such a good line. (laughs) But yes, secrets are a big thing in the book, too. Yes. And to what degree can you have secrets in a relationship? I mean, I feel as though, like, every secret that was uncovered or, like, secrets that shouldn't really be a thing in a relationship, like, you should probably not murder someone. You should probably not cheat. And if you are, you you should probably, you know, own up to it, which they did. I will give them that. Okay, but on the flip side, Tess never told will that she slept with connor mm-hmm. right should she have told him no okay so that's like sometimes secrets but need she to be... only she only did that because of his secret like that never would have happened if he didn't quote unquote fall in love with felicity like so yeah she did to him what he did to her and that's it I so agree. if it's reciprocal you. they were on a break they were on a motherfucking break if it's reciprocal you can keep i guess there's no standard law i think everything is case by case i do think in relationship relationships sometimes secrets are necessary in order to protect the person that you love and i think john paul not telling cecilia up until that point like was the biggest favor he could have Mm -hmm. done for her unless he told her the day they met and she never would have wasted her time with him right you know but like her finding out was the worst thing that could have happened to her exactly even though janie and john paul were apparently supposed to end up together otp otp that's what the kids say Yeah, that was also weird. It's like I had no sense of who was meant to be that together because also Connor and Janie had something really sweet going on. So does that mean that Tess, I guess Tess and Will were still supposed yeah. to be together? So Cecilia was the one who was going to get fucked. That's honestly what I thought was most concerning of all. Like Cecilia just like knowing that her husband loves Janie more than her. Not that he m- murdered someone. But did she know that? I mean, she he probably loved just her enough it. to murder her. Yeah. He but told also, her every detail. He's like, I loved her. I was so upset. I she laughed at me. Her, right? I think that's pretty strong. Feelings. What I didn't understand was 
why Janie didn't choose John Paul. Because she liked him too much. She didn't think she was good enough. She was an insecure teenager. I'll tell you exactly what it is. I'm going to give you the perfect analogy. She thought he was too good for her. It's like when Hannah B. chose Jed instead of Tyler because she didn't think a relationship with Tyler could be a real thing because, like, he was just this perfect guy and it was too good to be true. You know? That makes sense. Now you understand. You got to talk to me. Yeah. That's what <laughs> and I can understand it. In young adult bachelor terms. <laughs> no, they made a good point. They're like, would you rather like be loved like and adored and just dazzled and put on this pedestal, or would you rather be the one doing that to someone? Yeah, which so raises true. a good question. But Janie is a seventeen-year-old, like so smart to think like that. Like normally, you just go after the one you like. Yeah, but it, it, that, I feel like that's a question in every relationship. Like, would you rather be the person who likes someone more? Or the person who's liked more, like because it, oh, it, and but I feel like it's a balance that always shifts like throughout yeah. your relationship. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to be liked more, but it's always fun when you like like someone so much. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a seesaw constantly. As, I think that's I think, it the, I think that's the healthy way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think so too. We're all in varying relationships: married, engaged, Dana relationship Bex, single snitch. Wow, we really covered the gamut. We wow. really do. Cool, and we all agree. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Okay, next up I have a segment that I'm calling DBQ because these are document-based questions and I'm a history major and I fucking love this term from seventh grade, the DBQs. DBQs is like, it's so triggering funny. for me. Me too. No, but we're going ter- to take back the term, okay? Okay, let's take it back. Okay, first DBQ. The Berlin Wall plays a major role throughout the book, a little too major. Or does it? Or does it even play a big role? We eventually learn that Cecilia met John on the day the wall finally came down, which is an interesting factoid so what do you think the wall signifies in this book to me it was just a mechanism in order to move the story along and i just came up with something Ooh, i think that the wall coming down is like all of their relationships falling apart or is it john paul's wall coming down because he's finally opening up to another human but even though the physical wall outside is coming down and his internal wall is coming down it's still always there But then Cecilia is building a wall. Yeah, the effects of the wall are still always there. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I'm going to go with whatever you say since you're the smartest (laughs) Me too. I was literally about to say, yeah, you're right. Like, to me, it just was a fun thing that moved the story along. And, like, you know, obviously that's the reason why she found – I'm very literal. Like, that's why she found the letter. Yeah, exactly. Like, Like, that's what I was going to say. Like, it just was interwoven and had significance here, here, and here. It was just such a random, like, plot device. It felt forced. Me hearing about what this random couple in Melbourne thought about the Berlin Wall coming down, it just, like, doesn't really track. Yeah, I also didn't even think about it twice until I saw that DBQ. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh I mean, no, like, I noticed it obviously, but I like yeah, uh, the story like... wrapped and like I never thought about it again, which like goes to show. I, I mean, I'm not saying that like I'm this the the speak all end all of literary symbols, but. It just didn't stand. No, up I to agree me. with you. Yeah. I was actually annoyed that they kept pushing it on me us. Too. Like it was just a way for them to remind us that there's something that exists in each perspective, and I was annoyed. Yeah, yeah. it was like, kind of like the Biggest Loser, but yeah. it was just like less culturally relevant. Totally. Um, but I do have a question because this kid is like so obsessed with the Berlin Wall, and I feel like there are historical events that just like fascinate me like that that I could read about forever. Not when I was ten or however old this bitch is, but like the Titanic. She's 80. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's Rachel she, I, I don't understand like I need, I need to know how old she is it was the one question I came out and I was like how old is this bitch yeah I think she was 10 yeah 10 There's 11 no way. yeah because like they talked about her grade yeah. she wasn't in high school she's young they're definitely young she's she was young. just like they're a precocious young. young lady yeah she with just an like amazing had vocabulary. these intense interests and like yeah. more power to her she'll like go to Harvard are there Probably. any historical events that you're just like fascinated by 
Um, like me and Sully. I'm so f- obsessed with Sully. Titanic's a good one. Um, I would say the Holocaust, honestly, is sure. something that we all, I think, invest a lot of time in. And like you just read totally stories on stories. Um, dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I've never it's been affected by dinosaurs. The craziest thing in the entire world. Really? I always think about like if I could transport back to one point in history, like what would it be? I was like, do I like want to see Lincoln shot? Probably not. <laughs> but like, I want to see a fucking dinosaur. Fuck yeah! Wow, I've never thought about it like Is that. that. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, you and a bunch like... of five year olds would agree. Five year old boys. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Very off brand. Dana, our Not resident really. five-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Like the Holocaust, probably, just because we were so indoctrinated with it growing up that I feel like I know about it the most and I'm interested in it and it's personally affecting. But no, I don't really have historical events that I care about. Yeah. Also, Chernobyl. Has anyone watched Chernobyl? Of course. No. And please Fucking... don't talk about it because it's like on my list of things no, no, that I need to No, I'm just going to talk about like you the historical. Watch. The miniseries is amazing, but I'm just obsessed with the logistics of Chernobyl. I don't yeah like hiroshima like things like that i'm like holy shit yeah even right now i'm feeling that way about coronavirus i'm just like this is a crazy fucking thing like every article i see i read i just like want to know what's going on yeah you know i feel like i have one on the tip of my tongue but i just can't get it and i feel like it's something super random so like i'll let you know if it comes to me 9-11 oh yeah but that's not what i was thinking of yeah that's also like the stories from 9-11 just there was a lot about it in i am pilgrim actually yeah it's just always an interesting read Okay, well, I have a really basic fucking question for you guys. Tell us. What do you think is the moral of this story? <sighs> Some secrets are better left unsaid. That's oh, you one. do think? But I feel like the secret needed to be and unburdened just, even quicker. I was about to say, am I being a hypocrite to myself? <laughs> what I said like 20 minutes ago? Oh, true. The truth will set you free, or should we keep secrets? Yeah, I think it's one that it's always like a, I think it's a case-by-case case situation. You keep, you keep those secrets. You keep, okay, but like. It's, it's like, don't. No, but in this me. situation, they should have told Rachel sooner. Like, they should have unburdened themselves sooner because it wound up having like a negative chain reaction mm-hmm. effect. I know. Rachel but would Rachel, her... yeah, would she have been so forgiving if she hadn't hit the No, kid? She, maybe she would have went and tried to hit John Paul. You know, it's yeah. speeding up towards John Paul and hit Paul. No, but no, if Rachel but knew, then John Paul would, would, it, would be in jail. jail. Honestly, it might be what goes around comes around because I feel like everyone got what was coming for them. Like, John Paul goes ahead and kills Janie, and what happens? His daughter is almost killed. And Rachel tries to kill Connor and in turn, like, doesn't rat out John Paul Jones because, like, now, <laughs> now he has this carrot. And being like, yo, you tried to kill someone while in turn hitting my daughter, almost killing her. Right. Like it was just like this cyclical Every reaction has a chain reaction. Yeah. Poetic justice. Poetic justice. Yeah. I don't know. I struggle with morals of the story. Like I feel like there's never one clear cut one. I just think for me, you could say this about any book, but it's just like humans are complex, <laughs> you know? Totally. And, There's no right and answer. The human really makes experience think. is just it's a jagged line. There are highs and lows. No, and it's just like there's just not everything is so crystal clear. It's very blurry. Speaking of easily finding out what a book is all about, I am so excited to share with you guys that our sponsor for today's episode is Blinkist. Blinkist is really unique and it works on your phone, your tablet or your web browser. 
Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. So I love Blinkist because on the one hand, it allows me to get the gist of books that I don't have the time to read, like the subtle art of not giving a fuck is something I've been trying to read forever. And with Blinkist, I was able to just get the key points without having to read the whole book. But also Blinkist is great because you can read about a book and and decide if you want to actually read the whole thing. I like Blinkist because it saves me time and it teaches me so much about different reads that I might not have had the time to read. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash book club, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blinkist.com slash book club to start your seven-day free trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash book club. Whose story did you like the best? That is such a good question because I remember, like, I loved the Tess and Connor parts. Mm-hmm. And then when we would go to Rachel, if I saw that it was a Rachel chapter, I'd be like, oh, oh my God. I'm I not mean, it was so sad. She made me yeah, so sad. She was so lonely. I liked Cecilia. She had her life together. She had her little, you know, entrepreneurial spirit Tupperware with her Tupperware parties. business. I mean, by the way, that has to be our side hustle. <laughs> The bitch yeah. is rolling in no, dough. And now I'm like, maybe I need more Tupperware. I only get Tupperware when Olivia sends me home with leftovers, and then I get to keep her Tupperware. <laughs> but mm. I just feel like that's something. After book club, I think this is like part of growing up. Like, first you start a book club, then you do a Tupperware I mean, party. You <laughs> bitches are in two book clubs. I know. And it's not enough. Once you guys, you're going to see like, like you book have clubs. multiple podcasts, you know, like we all have our things. Yeah, for sure. Book all clubs are vices. addicting. I love going to the clubs. The book club. <laughs> oh my god! When we were thinking I'm about a names, book club rat. When we were thinking about names, we were like the book club, and Jackie was like, "We read a book and then we go to the club." And then I was like, "No, we read a book and then have book club in the club." Yeah, we read the book in the club. I think there's something there for sure. For sure. <laughs> Maybe if that'll this... be our first offsite. Oh my god! Team <laughs> offsite to the club. Yes. If this were a movie or a miniseries, who would you have play who? I'm gonna have Snitch go first because she's got it all lined up. Yeah. Um. I just couldn't help but imagine literally like Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, <laughs> Shailene Woodley, Zoe Kravitz, and like Alex Pettifer as Jean-Paul. <laughs> Was it Alex? No, and not Alex. Meryl Alex Streep. Sorry. Meryl Streep as Rachel. Yep. Sorry. Tracks. It really does. Meryl Streep's a good one. Yeah. I think we need a, a break from Leanne Moriarty guys, after this. You guys know who's playing Rachel. Who? Sally Field. Ooh. 100%. So sweet. My birthday buddy. So oh, yeah. maybe I could get her, you know, if I reach out with that birthday buddy connection. I saw her the other day in Cafe Clooney. What? She lives in New York? I don't know. What's it, Cafe Clooney? It's just like on my corner in the West Village. But um, she, I, it looked like she was doing like a uh, hosting gig. Like the, all these cameras were on her. Like the oh. restaurant was shut down. Good for her. I mean, we made prolonged eye contact. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were like, oh, my God, you. Rachel's here. I yes. Helen Hunt as Rachel. Helen Hunt. I don't, too young. I was going to say, but she is too young, but Hollywood does love to do that. You know, like mm-hmm. have people 30 years younger play the role. So that could be a good one. I liked Meryl Streep also because she is sort of ambiguous on is she nice or is she mean? Agreed. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's okay. a good point. For Cecilia, it's there's only one choice and it's Reese Witherspoon. 100%. She is Cecilia. Cecilia is her. Yeah. 
they are one and mainly the same. because that's the character she played in Big Little Lies. Yeah, that and one. like yeah, that's the character that Leanne Moriarty keeps writing. And even in What Alice Forgot, like Reese wasn't who I had in mind, but she could play that role so easily. But I also had um, January Jones in mind for for Alice. You're talking thought. about a book that we didn't read. Sorry, yeah. but I just feel like a lot of people have read it because. Actually, no, you're reading this book because we told you to. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> yeah, no, my alternative to Cecilia, and I had Reese Witherspoon as my number one, and then I was like, January Jones, because I feel like Betty Draper vibes, like really buttoned totally. up, put together, and then like has this like naughty secret. Yeah, but I do, I did feel Cecilia was a little short, like height wise. Oh. She was giving me short vibes. Like she sh- actually was giving me extremely tall vibes. Really? Yep. I don't know. I just feel like as a short woman, I, I related to her. Yeah, I had um, Anne Hathaway for Cecilia. Really? Yeah. That's interesting because she's like annoying, but together. I just pictured her as blonde. Me, Me too. too. I did not feel brunette at all. I didn't no. feel br- brunette at all. But that's Tess, I felt brunette. But you know, oh, so me it, too. But I had Anne Hathaway as Tess. But even though all these women are supposed to be middle aged, Hollywood makes them all younger. So I'm going Anne Hathaway as Tess, and then I had Kate Hudson as Felicity because they were giving me Bride Wars vibes. Okay, I think we should go like in order. Like, who Sorry. is all of our Tess? Who is your Tess? My test, I I had either Uma Thurman, because I wanted someone, like, ambiguously beautiful, you know? like, Ooh. And I also had Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Whoa. Ooh, I love her. I, I like that one. That's a good one. Because I feel like Tess, I was like, are you beautiful? Are you not? Like, I feel like Felicity, like, was just more beautiful than her. So I was like, you can't be too stunning. But, like, you can't be ugly. Yeah. No, right. she is. There's something like, very beautiful yeah, about like, her. Yeah, like, Connor was, like, digging that. So, mm-hmm. And she did have short hair. Yeah. I had Amanda Seyfried for, for Tess. Oh, you like switched up the hair, hair color. Well, because she can't Cause see. She can't see. <laughs> yeah. she can't see in her head. That's what I was going to say before. Yeah. It's so interesting. We're all like aligned and she's just completely different. <laughs> yeah. We're aligned and she's blind. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Snitch, who did you have for Tess? The Big Little Lies people. Oh, right. Wait, yeah. But which one for? Oh, I think Shailene Woodley for Tess maybe. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Agreed. Uh, but I don't know who I would have put as Zoe Kravitz then. Ooh. Janie, that's a good one. Oh, I didn't cast Janie in my head. I Catherine did. Newton. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Catherine the Newton. daughter in Big Little Lies, mm. Reese Witherspoon's daughter. For Janie, I had um, she doesn't exist anymore, like as she was, but Taylor Momsen as Jenny Humphrey and Gossip Girl. That's a like, good one. That's the vibe I was getting. Seventeen years yeah. old, just like tall, thin, skinny, pretty. I was doing Zendaya. Is that weird? Ooh, Ooh. I like that. That's I like, like I was not thinking Taylor Momsen vibe at all. Like I had brunette. Like I. Ooh. I had Millie Bobby Brown. What? <laughs> what? I guess she is that age. Like that's. The... I feel like we should give you like a, a free pass to like dip out of this. <laughs> yeah, question. of this, this segment because like we're really pushing you into your discomfort zone. Yeah, and... I also only know a very small subset of actresses. Yeah, like so that's why the same pers- people every. Yeah, week. I'm like that's rotating. That's why your perspective is names. so valuable for so many other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also had Saoirse Ronan as a potential genie. Oh, she's a little too delicate. Yeah, Janie was bad to the bone. Yeah, that's why was I had Zendaya. Like she was giving me like she just euphoria to be a vibes. normal girl and like lose her virginity to a boy she loved. Yeah, no, she was just like a little bit of a rebellious teen, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, Felicity. Felicity. I had Kate Hudson for Felicity. I had Nicole Kidman. No, Nicole Kidman. Um, I think would have been Cecilia. Oh, so who would be Reese Witherspoon? Reese Felicity? Shall I? Okay. Cecilia was Nicole Kidman. Reese was Tess. Felicity was Shailene Woodley. Zoe Kravitz was 
Janie. Okay, cool. You know my other Felicity option? Christina Hendricks, who was Joan in Mad Men. Oh, that's Ooh. a really good one. I just... That's a good one. I really felt it. I feel that. Um, I know I didn't ask you guys to come up with any of the male characters because I don't give a shit, but I in my head I saw Connor Whitby as Jerry O'Connell. Do you see that? Nope. Mm-hmm. You, no? Nope. What do you say? I don't know. Just Jerry O'Connell isn't who I see. But then they also said in the book that... Connor was kind of like balding. So at first I thought that Connor was like a hot ass, like no, older guy. Is. But then all of a sudden he's a balding PE teacher. Okay, maybe if he's a bald hot guy like Jason Statham. Yeah. I picture him as like someone from Friday Night Lights, like from that football team. One of the, the players? Or Coach Taylor. Coach Taylor. I just don't think of him as that old. Am I wrong? I mean, they're all like almost 50. They're all the same age. Oh, Honestly, Kyle Chandler, I could totally see as Connor. That's a really good call. Yeah. And then Alexander Skarsgård as John Paul. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, overall, I want everyone to rate this book out of five stars so we can give it our official Redheads rating. We will average all of our scores and give it a rating. Yeah. How does everyone feel? Should I get my calculator out? Yes, actually, please do. Okay. (laughs) Unless someone is a mathematician. Dana? She'll she'll get it before the calculator does. Okay, for me, I'm giving this book a three out of five because five for me is like perfect best book ever could read it over and over again four is like thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed and three is like it was good i finished it and i read it um but i wouldn't i'm not obsessed i'm gonna give it a 2.5 i just this book didn't do it for me i like to feel something after i read a book you know it's like wow i can't believe that or this me i was just like thank god this book is done so <laughs> it's gonna be a 2.5 for me okay i would have said that too snitch but i'm doing three because of the epilogue that but that epilogue came out of nowhere. That it epilogue, was so good. I loved the epilogue because it was the only time that things are happening. It's like we spent the whole book on three days, and then the epilogue gives us a year. Mm-hmm. I find that frustrating. Yeah. I hate that. Like, imagine if we had read the book when all of that was happening. Do you know what I mean? If yeah. that was the story. But yeah. No. I know. You guys were so irritated by the epilogue. I really didn't mind it that much. No, I, I'm saying I liked it. I wanted the whole book to Me be too. the epilogue. Right, right, right. Um, I would give it three stars as well. I was entertained. I It was a page turner for me, which I think is just like, a, it makes or breaks. And I think it's great discussion. So I feel like it was a, a fantastic first choice. Okay. I'm glad you guys liked it. I but guess. like, I didn't think it was like literary wonder. So that's why I'm not giving it higher. No, me neither. Um, hopefully the next book that we choose gets a higher score than the overall score of the Redheads Book Club for The Husband's Secret by Leanne Moriarty is... A 2.875. That fucking sucks. (laughs) Sorry, Leanne. Side Um, note, the craziest part of the epilogue was when they didn't know whose baby Tess was carrying. Oh, my God. (gasps) I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I Underrated. I really like the book because I think the overall question of would you fucking read the letter is just fascinating stuff. And it's Pandora's box. Totally. And it's an eighth wonder of the world. Also... Three words: hot cross buns. I've hot never, cross buns. Oh, I've never wanted one more in my life. Push on us throughout everything. <gasps> no, yeah. I've never wanted one more. Like, where do we get those? Do we have to? That was like go we have to go to, to Australia. Australia. Maybe like next time we read a book, we'll go to the country. Maybe the next um, team offsite should actually be not at the clubs, but probably in Australia. At totally. the buns, uh, getting some hot cross buns. I'm actually, like slathered with butter. Hell I, yeah, I liked that it was set in Australia. Me she, too. I think I, books, I assume yeah. the author's Australian, even though Big Little Eyes was in Monterey. Uh, in the movies but um but i actually think it was originally in australia i'm sure it was because yeah, i'm sure she's was. from there and she writes what she knows um, my australian co-worker said something about that like the other day which is so funny because i've never seen big little eyes or read it oh wow i guess monterey is like similar to australia i feel like we would like australia i think we would people love it there 
Yeah, looks beautiful. Okay. Um, can I just add one? I mean, I don't know if we're wrapping up. It sort of seems like we're going in that direction. No, we're here to stay. So um, one thing I thought was so crazy was like Tess and Will, they reconcile, you know, like they reach this point where they're like, okay, we're going to move forward for the sake of Liam. However, in like the, the subsequent kind of hours and like days, weeks, whatever it was, she was like, okay, I'll give it until Christmas. Like if you still miss Felicity by Christmas, you can go to her. I was just like, bitch, you got your way. Like you have your family intact. Why are you giving him all these outs? Like it's self-sabotage. So that if he takes the out, she can take Connor. Do you really think that? Like her like hot, passionate thing with Connor is like her lifelong dream. I don't know. I think the life that she would have lived if she stayed um, in Melbourne with her mom, like, it just would have been a simpler life. You know, mm-hmm. she wouldn't be running her own agency or anything. And, like, Connor was just a simpler man, you know? And I think she, the week that she was staying with her mom and, and it was just her and Liam. Also, by the way, you have a nephew named Liam, Rebecca. I mean, it's not just he's a nephew. Like, he's an angel sent from heaven. <laughs> he he's, really is. He's a precious gem of a man. He's the most precious. Like, I mean, he's truly, there aren't enough descriptors that capture the essence of this small young tot. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, like, we could say that I have a nephew you name Liam but like he's so much more than that I actually envisioned Liam to be played by Liam oh my god Liam Ricketts to play the role (gasps) what an honor yeah uh no so I think that like she it was just an easier choice like the way she just kind of regressed back to her mom's like Mm -hmm. if Will had run off of Felicity like she had this plan B and like she wasn't going to sweat it, you know? And I don't know. I just feel like if someone would said to me, like, oh, I, I'm in love with someone else, I'd be like, okay, bye. And and if even if you want to come back, like, bye, bye, yeah. bye. And, okay, we have to make it work because we have a kid. Okay, fine. But if you want to leave, like, bye, I'll be fine. I think she did that, too, because she still reserved such intense loyalty for Felicity that part of her, like, did feel bad that her cousin loved her husband. And if they really were had feelings for each other like she didn't want to stand in the way like can we give her the benefit of the doubt of maybe it was genuine well yeah I'm, it might have been genuine because yeah. I wouldn't want to stand in the way either of two people who don't like me mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah I'd be like go and I have Connor yeah so yeah, yeah get the fuck out of my face hope yeah. I genuinely believe that I know that Felicity loved Will but I don't think that Will loved Felicity like I think that he was like okay this like hot bitch is into me like mm-hmm. tasty but she kept <laughs> she kept being like, I know you guys are in love with each other. Like, I know you're in love. And he's like, no, we're not in love. Like, I just told you what happened. Like, I got distracted, but I love you. And, like, I want this family to be to be together. And she's like, no, but I, I know it's love. Like, f- stop forcing it. Well, it has to be love, truly, because they didn't even have sex. He broke up his whole family, even when Tess, like, was first hearing it. And she would have done anything for it to be better. Like, you don't do that unless you fucking love someone. Agreed. Oh Held hands on the plane. That was so <laughs> off. I mean, like, I would not take him back if I found out that he was holding hands with her on the plane. Like, that That's was the worst part. <laughs> that was maybe like the hardest part of me to yeah. read in the book. Honestly, I don't think I would have taken him back, especially when I had just such a fabulous week in Melbourne eating hot fabulous. cross buns. Like, the week was so fabulous. Like, everyone wanted a piece of Tess. Like, she had new best friend Cecilia. I really wish that they had fostered that relationship mm-hmm. a too. little bit more. They really needed each other. Um, and like, knowing that your husband was always secretly in love with your cousin, and even if he's not, you're always going to wonder if he is i just i can't deal with that yeah totally i liked also the progression from when she first found out to when she had time to reflect and she started remembering things differently like that always happens to people when when they get 
really shocking news and you like rethink everything and you revisit history she did a good job yeah. of that and when then like everything was, starts making yeah. sense when she was like why couldn't she fall in love with someone else's husband and it's like oh we didn't hang out with anyone else like <laughs> yeah. I only gave her one person and I feel like that's a very real thing you know like you love someone and you trust someone but the more you put your husband like in front of the same person every single day like you're asking for trouble. Totally. Big time. I feel like you don't even let us hang out with that. <laughs> <laughs> like more than twice a month. You're like, I don't well, want to like just dangle something in front of him. I just like want to <laughs> hang out with you guys, just us and do a book club. Like right. he doesn't need to rain on my parade. I mean, it's so true. Like they were a throuple. They were a throuple. <laughs> and at some point someone gets edged out. Yeah. No, totally. I also loved how Tess was really curious about what the therapist thought of her like I feel like that's relatable like if someone tells you that they're talking to your therapist about you you like change your behavior so they're telling them good things yeah (laughs) so true and then Tess was talking about her social anxiety and how like Felicity sort of fostered that um I had no patience for her social anxiety throughout the book and then when Felicity was like shut up this isn't a thing I was so vindicated but then when Will was like I want to like figure this out together with you I felt kind of bad I was like oh maybe no I mean if she had she diagnosed herself from a magazine, so that was my only issue. <laughs> she, she was just making too big a deal about it. Yeah. That's what I think. Like, maybe it was true. Like, she's like, there's millions of us walking around on this planet yeah. with social anxiety, according to Cosmo. Yeah. Right. And it's like, I'm sorry. I can't take you seriously. Same. Totally. Like, I, if, if that's her thing, fine. But, like... I do think Felicity is like kind of a bitch to dismiss it. Like if, but Agreed. stop talking about it. No one cares. No, I think. Um, I mean, there's just different kinds of people. Some who are sensitive to it, and like we're going to be coddling and help you get through it. But then there's also people who are like, oh, that's something that you can do without. Yeah, you know. And I feel like, but, but Felicity had also been her crutch all of her life, so she never had to deal with it. So it's no wonder that that same crutch is like, no, you have a crutch. Yeah, I'm right here. You know, I was just so happy when it was vocalized that way because every time I read it, I would get so annoyed. Yeah, no, I hear you. Okay, well, that's the husband's secret. This has been such a fun first episode. I do agree that it was a great first book. I'm so excited for our next book, and next month is Becky's Choice. So, Bex, what do you have for us next month? I have Red, White, and Royal Blue, a novel. So this is by Casey McQuiston, and the reason why I selected this novel, I felt like, is very of the moment. There are some royal undertones. There's so some romantic undertones. So it's giving me kind of like Megxit vibes. Yeah. Love that. And I also think that the redheads will just like really vibe with this like kind of romancy situation we have in front of us. Also, it had a great rating on Goodreads, and I think like that's really key do you guys trust that rating a hundred percent i've never looked at it and like the husband's secret rating was decent what was it 2.875 it was in the threes oh I, we should have known <laughs> 2.875 no it was in the threes which like i'm okay with but i'd really prefer a four me too four point whatever out of five like that's like when i know it's going to be good so like mm, this is there it's like uber yeah <laughs> i mean and if we're gonna play that game i'm i'm below Average. Are you below the husband's secret redheads rating? Or She's above? not below 2.875. No, I'm not below that, but okay. I'm close. <laughs> okay, well, I'm excited to read this book. I love royals, except, like, it's hard for me because then sometimes I'll conflate, like, what I read in a book about the royals and Meghan and Harry, and then I'll start saying on the toast, like, oh, Meghan and Harry went to Japan, and but it's what I read in a book, you yeah. know? Hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, we'll keep you straight. Thank but you. it's kind of new to the fiction scene, so I feel like it's very on trend. 
cool. Can't yeah. wait to read it. I'm excited. And have I, more than four days. I mean, I Same. will have to read it. I won't be able to start it until two days before we record because it'll take me a few days to read it, and then I completely forget about it. Yeah. I finished The Husband's Secret like two days ago, and I was still like, wait, what, what did we read? Yeah. I know. It's hard. It really is. But some books, I mean, the best books stick with you, yeah. and yeah. you can't stop thinking about them, and those are the books we're striving for here at the Redheads Book Club. I mean, I finished Husband's Secret about three hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Super fresh. Yes, yeah, really fresh in my head. Jackie, were you squirming when Rachel had shit in her teeth <laughs> <laughs> and cecilia she didn't know how to tell like, her literally i just i i felt cecilia I, I i wouldn't have said anything and i would have sat there and prayed that it went away um like you, truly you wouldn't have you said really anything. are cecilia <laughs> <laughs> sorry you just hit me but like what what does a normal human being like i'm not normal that stuff gives me so much anxiety what doesn't rebecca you're our resident normal person because you're very like socially apt yeah what would you do in that situation i think i would um i think i would just be like no actually i don't think i would have said anything honestly especially because you have to think about the fact that the whole time she's thinking about how her husband killed her daughter so it wasn't just a normal situation and rachel was talking about Janie like she was being emotional you don't just stop someone and tell them yeah even i could be having the most positive conversation with like zach for example if he tells me i have something in my teeth like i'm mad at him (laughs) it makes me so mad because at least if you see it yourself afterwards, you can convince Pretend yourself that it was it brand. Just got there. Yeah. Oh, it, this just happened. I wouldn't say anything. You don't say anything because honestly, no one actually gives a shit. Like, you, if you're the person seeing it happen, yeah. like, you're not thinking about it two days later. So who she cares? Was also in the comfort of her own home. It's only two people. It's not like you're in front of a group of people and like you need to do this person a solid. You don't do it. You don't say it. You don't put it out there. <laughs> That's bad karma. That yeah. chapter also ended so annoyingly when she was like, I know who killed my daughter. And then I spilled hot water all over my hand and then it switches. Like everything yeah. was like that, like cliffhanger. Yeah. yeah. Dramatic ending. I know. Basically the moral of my story <laughs> is like, I guess I want every keeper secret kept from me and I want to keep every secret. Yeah. It definitely makes me just want to keep secrets. It also makes me not want to like have do things that would require me to deal with these struggles you know like watching cecilia just like blurt out her husband's truth her husband's secret (laughs) to rachel i was like bitch what is you doing oh my god i was like thank god please like this is the time oh god this has gone on far too long no keep that deep 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 inside you but then what Rachel would have felt we don't really know anything about Rit because she keeps everything inside of her <laughs> I just want things to not fall apart in front of me but then Rachel would have felt so terribly it's like not only is she grieving but she now feels terribly because she hit a girl who lost her arm and it's like all of that guilt could be alleviated from her as well as like the open book of her daughter's murder everything could really just be like you have to tell her yeah, I Cecil- like. I mean, I'm Cecil- like because I'm Cecilia. I can tell you, I had to tell her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked in the support group when they referenced that man they were so mad at being like, "I'll let you know now once you find out who the killer is." It doesn't make things that much better. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know how much better she felt knowing. I have to imagine you feel better. I have to imagine just like knowing how your daughter spent her final moments, and you know, in the epilogue they say that eventually Rachel will like sit down with John Paul and find out what happened that has to make her feel better also it was the first night that she had a proper night's sleep once she found out so like even within itself that's saying something that tells the reader she felt better yeah Yeah. that she felt some relief Mm -hmm. wow okay 
ladies. We really excavated that one. Truly. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being part of this book club. I hope you have enjoyed the podcasting experience. And redheads out there, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Please join the Facebook group, The Redheads, if you are a fan of this podcast, so we can talk about this book, the next book, and just share book recommendations with each other. Also, for next month's episode, we will be taking questions from you guys so that we can answer your burning questions about the book. I think that would be really fun. So fun. If you have any other notes about this episode or, or things you want to see us do in the future, head over to The Redheads on Facebook or at The Redheads Book Club on Instagram. Make sure to follow us. Please subscribe to this podcast. Give it five-star rating. You know, we need to build up our ratings. It's it's intimidating having a new show, Zero Ratings, but it's a clean slate. Been there. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been there in a while. So head over to the podcast store anywhere you get your podcasts. Five stars for The Redheads Book Club, please. We love you guys. Love this you guys. This was so fun. We will Bye. see you next month. See you next month. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs>